Welcome back to Chicago's Bravest Stories. Due to social distancing, we haven't been able to get in the studio and record, so we decided to take the podcast to the streets. We've recorded some stories that were creepy, funny, but entertaining to say the least. We're also proud to announce that our website is up and running, chicagosbraveststories.com. So if you want to see bios or order uh, any type of merchandise like t-shirts, please do so. It helps support the podcast. Please follow our social media and let us know if there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast. Thanks again, everybody. Enjoy the stories. Hey, buddy. Hey, Vince. What's going on? Ah, not a whole lot. You know, just another day on the west side, East Garfield Park. Happy to be out here helping the fine citizens to make the right decision. Uh, I heard you had a story you wanted to tell me. Well, I did. Well, before we get that. Okay. Who are you? Well, my name's... Tell everybody who you are. My name's Ed Froelich. Uh, I'm a PIC. I'm assigned Ambulance 64. Paramedic in charge. Paramedic in charge, yeah. Okay. Um, Where are you currently assigned? I'm, I'm currently assigned to Ambulance 64. and uh, I heard some uh, alumni from there, some notable alumni come from Yeah, I was, just, I was just telling you when you came in here, I, I didn't know if you were familiar with this ambulance or not, but <laughs> I wanted to give you a brief synopsis <laughs> to let you know that it's a, it's a busier ambulance. It's not the busiest, but uh, it's up there. So we get some uh, we get some heavy work from time to time, and you know it's it's just part of the game. And and uh, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. Well, it's a good thing so I like how helping people. How long have people. you been on, Ed? Oh, I've been on. You know what? I'm in my eleventh uh, year. Eleventh year. Yeah, it'll be eleven years. So in, you are you are what some people would consider uh, seasoned. Dinosaur, Vince. Okay. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, Ed Froelich, Busy Ambulance, busy PIC, ambulance. PIC, 11 years. Loves helping people. Loves helping people. And we get the chance to. Okay. Uh, been here for about six months now. Okay. Before that, I was at Ambulance 10. Ambulance 10, that sounds familiar. That's a... Well... Is that a busy ambulance? You know what? I don't like to brag or anything, but... But yeah, it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. Would you say it is one of the busiest ambulances in the entire country? I would say that. Okay. All, All right. right. Uh, you know, I was there for about four and a half years with a FPM named Joe Peters. You Joe might have seen Peters. him on the on the uh, on the line <laughs> on the the World Wide Web. He's been known to be uh, depicted in certain memes. <laughs> With involving dinosaurs, exploding kittens, and uh, lava storms. Tell us about the. Uh, oh, you know what? Yeah. Before we get into the great lava storm of '84. Uh, that was '86. '86. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, he came on in '84. Okay. What? Uh, tell me about. Uh, he's. He's. Uh, where we get where we get the term general malaise from. Oh well, that is a good story. You know what? That happened. Uh, it was back on Christmas Day of 2018. I was working on Ambulance 10 with uh, Jen Yokis. We went on a run with Truck 29 uh, for the person that felt like they were having mysterious shoulder pain for four months. Uh, <laughs> when we uh, got this guy in the back of the ambulance, it was, now mind you, it was about 2 or 3 in the morning, and uh, I was feeling extra honest. So when he asked me what I was putting down in my report for his complaint, 
I put, I told him that I'm putting down general malaise. When he asked me what that meant, uh, I explained that it was actually named after a famous Civil War general whose last name was Malaise that also experienced mysterious shoulder pain that was never solved. And when we got him to West Suburban Emergency Room, I had him explain to the nurses that uh, what his complaint was, and he said, quote, I got the Civil War general shoulder. <laughs> After that, there were, uh, there were memes, one in particular depicting a book that was released about General Malaise titled... Did, did General Malaise fight for the North or the South? Uh, you know, I believe he was, uh, he was a Yankee. He was a Yankee. Okay. Yeah. But the book was titled, My Life, My War, My Shoulder, <laughs> and it made Oprah's best-selling club books. So it was, uh, it was a big hit when it came out. Um, I haven't had any other such novels released since that time, but uh, I'm looking forward to several more. Well, well thanks, buddy. <laughs> That's, uh, that is amazing. I didn't realize that you were not only a PIC on two very, very busy rigs within the, your last two assignments, but you were also a best-selling author. Yeah, well, thank you. And I'm also uh, a well-accomplished uh, pianist, yes. or penis, as some people would say. Yes. Uh, I've been known to uh, bust out some uh, Beethoven at certain hospitals, namely Norwegian. There are some online videos of that. Uh, yeah, so, you know, if you ever want to, you know, visit my, uh, my, uh, my, my website, it's on, it's on there. I got a couple videos posted. You feel free to log in and check yourself in. But it's been a pleasure being oh, on your show. The, the, the pleasure's all I'm mine. honored. I'm honored. I've been a big fan. Big fan of the show for a long time. Yeah. Long time uh, listener. Long time listener. First time caller. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, but, all right. Well, Eddie, you're the best. Thank you so much, buddy. Well, thank you, Vince. And this has been the best time I've spent with you in a vehicle with pants with, with on. Pants on. <laughs> with pants on. In That'll the, be a story for another time. In the last month. Okay, <laughs> next time. All right, thanks a lot. Okay, tell us who you are, Paul Keller. Oh, boy, boy. 36. Truck 36? And how long have you been here? Going on 20 years. 20 years. Have you always been a truck guy? Always. Well, I started on the engine for a couple years and yeah. then got, finally jumped over. Where did you, uh, when you came on, where were you, where'd you go? 44. Yeah, well, it's 83. So you can't, you can't, you've been in this firehouse the whole time? Yes. Your whole career? Whole career. Okay. Can you, um, when you were on the engine, did you want to go to the truck? I was never on the engine. I was assigned to the engine. Oh. I always went to the truck. Right. So you, you really have yes. been on Truck 36 your Correct. entire career. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, did you want to be anywhere else? No, I'm good here. Yeah? Good comfortability factor. Okay. Good guys. Uh, Pat Goy was just showing me a picture of you on the, the roof, yelling down uh, at, at some fire. Um, give me, uh, tell me a little bit about um, your first fire. Do you remember it? It was with Jimmy Hannon. Yeah? Yep. And you were, you were on, on the, the truck? You were on, oh, the you were on the engine? Okay. On the engine. All right. One of the, one of the 
you either on the ambulance 83 or uh, that was back during the BLS program BLS program where right. you could be on the ambulance correct as an EMT Me, Tim Kelly and Jeff Colbatch were on the first shift nine candidates in one firehouse at one time nine candidates yes okay it's almost the opposite here now like you guys be lucky to get one guy in every couple of years now correct. right sought after spot here Spot. Yeah, it's comfortable. It's a good. It's a. I mean, it's, it's a. a it's spot. an awesome spot, right. huh? Um, so you're on the engine. Do you remember what year that was? Two thousand. Two thousand. Okay. Summer two thousand. Summer two thousand. This is your first fire. First fire. Okay. And where? <laughs> Van Dorp knows the story. Get over here, Chris. No, he's chicken. Come on. I'm here. All right. Can't get fired. Chris Van Dorp is here too. <laughs> so, uh, pull up a chair. You got a chair for him? Um. And Chris was here with you? No. Okay. Well, I've heard this story many times. You have? It's a Jimmy Hannon story. I okay, like so, the, so the, the truck guy well, of many Jimmy. years is now on the engine, right. and he's going to his first fire. Correct. Okay, Where? what was your position there? Were you on the, were you on the pipe? I was on the pipe. Was you were? A variance. We were on a variance. Okay. Jimmy Hannon, Jack Kyle, and uh, Potts. Kenny Potts. And then, uh, and me. Okay. So, get so what did it come in as? Still. Okay. Division, like Central Park. Okay. Division. It's pumping out smoke. You first engine? Back, first engine. Okay. Go to grab the, the the horseshoe off the back, miss the horseshoe, fall on my ass. <laughs> off the back step. You, you went to go, like, lean out to, like, pull me, it, and you... Correct. You just, did you just lose your grip, or yeah, you just missed... Pumping out the uh, attic window. Okay. So... Jimmy's like, get up, slow the fuck down. Can I swear? Yeah, of course. Slow the fuck down. I'll burn this whole goddamn block down. Nobody gets fu- <laughs> nobody gets hurt. Anthony Michi's throwing the 20 up there. He goes, get that fucking thing. Get up the fucking ladder and put that thing out. And it's, that was the first fire. <laughs> and and, and it, if you can imagine a Jimmy Hannon uh, a voice. Yeah. Know. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> this fire kind of took care of itself after uh... yeah we put it out so <laughs> alright so a- after that is that why you wanted to go to the truck yes yes <laughs> yes if you've ever seen a Paul Keller lead out you'll never want to you'll never want to see another well you just don't want to be sucking up to a Paul Keller lead out right correct <laughs> right you're, you're still going to be a hero you get the Mikey Gilliardo look Mikey Gilliardo's acting up and we get another worker and go up we're going up the stairs and he and he was quick. He's the best pipe man I ever known. He was quick, and he's pushing. I go here, take this fucking thing, and off he went up the stairs. Mike's you know, acting up as the officer. So Mike, he, he, was so acting Mike's up as. Mike, yeah, Mike's acting up as lieutenant. Next thing you know, Mike's got the pipe. And Paul's I go, I'm like, not going to be as quick as you. I could smash your door better, but well, I don't think out. there's a better example of leading from the front. Yes. Right? Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, he's the best. He was, he the, was best. the best. Oh. Yeah. All right, what about you, Chris? Where, uh, tell us about your first fire. Uh, what year? What year are we talking? So I got to the house in 2010. So I think it was sometime either early spring or uh, late spring, early summer of 2010. Did you come here right out I of came the here academy? Right out of academy? Nice. A little bit. Of, a little bit of help. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well. Yes. Um, but you were you were on this one. So it was unique building. Obviously, you're excited. First fire was on on the truck, um, and. Uh, it's you and me. Look at that. That's I, awesome. I think... Uh, We're rolling around. Yeah, I know. Where's your phone? Uh, it was you and me, and my first officer was Jimmy McCambridge. Little Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> but uh, small fire. It was an SRO. It was all chopped up. You go in. We went in. 
and there was smoke showing and stuff. We went in, and I just remember smelling all the gas. You could smell gasoline. Like after they, you know, Mike Gagliardo let out, knocked it out. It was a small one bedroom. But the reason I'll never forget it, because obviously it's your first fire, is when we come out, 95's treating this guy outside. Engine 95 is actually treating uh, a victim. We thought it was for smoke inhalation. Like, come to find out, this guy was severely burned. And then the cops came by later to find out the fire started because this guy had a hooker, threw her out, wouldn't pay her. She came yes. back and lit him in the apartment on fire. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> allegedly. Always allegedly. But that's the way the story goes. So it's one of those ones I'll never forget. So, so you were so you were on the. I was on a truck. I was on the with truck the officer opening up for the engine. Okay, so you went to the front or the back. Well, I ended up coming in the side. It was like a side entrance place because it was all chopped up. It was okay. a standard two flat that they had chopped and, up. And, and like tell everybody who doesn't know, like what your what your what's your job when you you come off the engine? What's your job? So no, I was on the truck. Or, so sorry. when you come off the truck, if you're if you you know if we open up for the engine, your job is to force entry uh, for the engine so they can get into the into the, the water, uh, the water on a fire and then we start our primary searches and doing ventilation along with the engine we're there kind of just as a support team for the engine. easy door yeah the door was actually i think it was open we, we popped the one door to the, the actual the little apartment that it was and it was going but it was just room and contents on yeah the nothing point. crazy yeah. it wasn't a, you know blowing out every window I but it was just it was, <laughs> it was I, know. I did something you did something <laughs> ran around and, and cowered <laughs> no but it was it was a good one so I, it was, it was, was just it, a different. It was just different, you know, like with the backstory with it. You know, you always yeah. remember your first fire. But oh yeah, like yeah. Now the added backstory is just hilarious. Well, the, so your first fire, the best part about your first fire is not the fire. You no, know, it's the story that goes. You know, it's, it's the backstory. You're like how it started. The you know? alleged backstory. The alleged yeah. backstory. Yes, correct. Um, anything else come to mind, Chris? Since I got you, I've managed to take you hostage and put you on the microphone here. Chris is a great West Side medic. <laughs> That's for sure. Anybody out here is that he probably has got a bazillion stories. We just oh. can't dispose of them. <laughs> well, there is the one. I always want to tell the one. Tell where it. Where we went for our, your legendary one down the stairs. West so Street. we went to a call. Uh, somebody had some kind of mental issues. Oh, the psych. <laughs> psych. Psych issue. Ladies on the stairs. We try to you know, approach her. What's going on? What's going on? She, the ambulance approach. And, you know, or no, we were at first. We came down, so it's a basement oh, right. apartment going downstairs, and uh, all of a sudden she jumps up. She buries. She she's down below in this apartment, and we can hear her rifling around the door. So we kind of start backing up the stairs, and all of a sudden here she and it was it was Paulie was in front of me, and then me, and then here she comes Manchester. with a big with a huge knife and Johnny Manchester right was the behind the, the stairs. stairs. Now here she comes with the knife, and Paul's like, "Stay down there. We're trying to back out." He's like, "Stay down like there." The ending of this. And here she comes, and she didn't <laughs> care, and. Thank God, Paul. You Manchester's know. like, close the door. Ah, we just keep an eye on her. And, uh, but she kept coming, and Paulie kind of braced himself and kind of just gave her a defensive, like, get back boot. And she, he kicks her, and she launches, hits the ground, a knife goes flying, and he figured we were done. And we just, you know, all of a sudden she jumps up and she's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> we're like, okay, time to go. We back out. Instantly. Yeah. Shut the door. We could feel her trying to, like, open now the I door. Said that. Wait, she closed the door. <laughs> <laughs> so we back out and holding the door. And then, you know, they called 10-1 for the police, all this stuff. Well, in the meantime, she comes out the back basement door. Now she's got a hammer. <laughs> Coming to me. Coming after Paul. <laughs> swings at Paul. He kind of deflects it. Neil Lebowski was Neil with Lebowski, us. That day. He, yeah. She comes up for the second blow. He grabs the hammer. Next thing you know, we're rustling. We end up, like, subduing her before the cops even get there. The cops finally show up. They lock she her up. Me. She bit Paul in the process. So the ambulance that was there for her ends up taking Paul. She goes in the paddy wagon. <laughs> 
but at one point she's laying on the ground while the cops were securing her, and she starts biting John Manchester's like boot and like biting it, and yeah, like a dog on his on his fire bunker pants. I was, we were just like, like this is surreal. I mean, it was probably my first couple of years, and it's just like, yeah, obviously that. people know I, you know, I come from a fire family. Well, I I think you guys lucked out that she opted for the hammer instead of the knife. The second time, yeah. You know? Okay. Tell us who you are, Fred. Uh, your old partner. <laughs> this is this is correct. You are my old partner. So I'm actually trying to record these stories. And when I knew that you were working today, I came in because um, if you can recall back, we had it was when we were on ambulance 31 in Uptown. We had a run, and one of our I think it was early on in the afternoon or uh, the morning we had an arrest and it was a younger guy do you know where i'm going with this i do i actually remember quite well yeah it's like crazy that this is stuck in our mind so we're in uptown we have an arrest it's a younger guy i i mean i guess it was cardiac in nature right we just we and we worked the hell out of him yeah he was probably in his 30s he wasn't very old yeah we we worked the hell out of him could not get him back um through our best efforts and um so our very next run do you remember where that was yeah it was uh so we were up we went to swedish with the the guy we couldn't get back and our next run was all the way down at like 800 like chicago and noble is a high i mean how many miles would you suppose i mean way way out of our almost almost 10 miles yeah i mean it was it was a run that we probably shouldn't have been going on it was for difficulty breathing or something yeah difficulty breathing and uh so we go and it's a like a high-rise like multi-unit apartment and we go up and we get this um this older lady and we bring her down into the uh ambulance and start uh assessing her and it winds up just basically being a panic attack right yeah she was said she started having chest pain and shortness of breath after getting some bad news right and um what was that bad news that she got said that her son who was from indiana I remember specifically you were saying Indiana because it kind of clued me into something that just you just gotten a call from the hospital. Her son from Indiana had just had a heart attack and died, and the paramedics couldn't get him back. Right. So she's having this, uh, like, anxiety and panic because of information that she just got about her son passing away. Um, and so we kind of started, like, asking a little more. We started to dig a little bit because now we're we're getting suspicious that this may have been the run that we just were on an hour ago right and we start asking and um i can't remember what the the big revelation it was because we worked them and um now everything that she's we're kind of like trying to calm her down trying to talk to her and the more she's talking to us the more she's describing the guy that that we literally just had and we came to the dilemma of do we like let this woman know that we were the guys who saw her son last yeah, i think what cued us in is she eventually said that swedish covenant hospital had been the one who called her 
and then we asked what his name was. And I remember looking at you. Yeah. And I, I, give I, a glance. I, I, like, I remember that glance that you gave me like, when, I when think she this said. This is when we were just, just finished having the yeah. cardiac arrest with. So we had just finished that. And then, this, the, I mean, this was literally the very next run. I mean, in a, in a city of three and a half million people, what are the odds that this ever happens? I mean, especially from where it was. I mean, if you were in the same neighborhood or same area, but, you know, we went halfway across the city to pick up this woman. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost For us to, impossible. Yeah, you, you couldn't, like, quantify what the odds are that we run into the mother of the guy who we just tried to save. It was it was it was crazy but i i, I re- for whatever reason you know you and i've had had way worse runs than that but for whatever reason that one like sticks in my mind like i i see that vividly and i see when she starts telling us who her son was and stuff like that like glancing over and you giving me that look like that was the guy right it was it was very it was very eerie yeah it was very eerie um and whenever i think about that it always goes to eerie and so you told me a story when we first started working together of your eeriest story. Do you remember? Do you remember what story I'm I'm thinking of? Uh-huh. Bathtub. Yeah, yeah, that's one I'll never forget. Go go ahead. Tell. Um, well, if you feel, if you if you're comfortable telling it. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's got to be probably about thirteen, fourteen years ago, if not more. Went for a call for a. Uh, a suicide attempt, and this was before we generally got companies on every run. So it's just me and my partner. We pulled up in front of the house, and uh, a man came running down saying, my wife, my wife, I think my wife just tried to kill herself. And I'm like, well, where is she? She's up on the, she's up on the third floor. Um, she's in the bathroom. We go up the stairs, and in the apartment is just complete disarray. There's stuff knocked over. There's like a table knocked over, painting off the wall. And we go into the bathroom, and she's in the bathroom, and she had um, she's completely naked and had slit her wrists and had stabbed herself multiple times, including in the heart several times, and then written in blood all over the walls uh, the word forgive. And when we got into the room, all she was doing was rocking back and forth, chanting forgive. And, uh, yeah, it's a, that's a sight you don't ever, ever get out of your head. And then when we managed to finally get her down into the ambulance... Uh, right before she she arrested, she looked at me and my partner and said, "Thank you so much for trying," and then and she died. Man, it's creepy, huh? Yeah, that, that creepy chant, enough to to stick with you after how many years? Would you say probably fourteen or fifteen years? I can still hear her chanting. It was probably one uh, of the most surreal things. Yeah, like something out of a movie, huh? It was yeah, like a, a horror movie. Yeah. All right. Well. Now that we got the creepiness out of the way, any, I mean, <laughs> you know what? I don't care. Let's let's put it out there. So, <laughs> one of the hardest laughs I've ever had in the back of an ambulance. Well, I think you laughed way harder than I did on this story because I was trying not to vomit in front of the patient. But uh, there was a there was a run, and <laughs> this is the one in the breakers, isn't it? <laughs> the, no, no, no. This is you and me in the back. I, I don't know where we picked up the the person from, but so in in this time in uh, our careers, you are the um, ambulance commander, and so I was in charge of treatment. 
And so I'm doing whatever it was that I was doing with the patient. Oh, it was it was the lady as uh, she old, thought it was she thought it was her. It was the older lady. That was <laughs> so, from, that was from the breakers. I was that from the breakers? So I almost passed out. I, I was trying not to laugh. I'm working and I'm like taking vitals or whatever, and then I am overcome with the most horrible the most horrible like you talk about things that you remember i remember this like it was yesterday that's how bad it was so i am overcome by this toxic horrible smell and i cannot figure out like where this smell and i'm looking at this this old poor old lady who's you know just having a bad day and i'm thinking this woman just crapped her pants and i'm like oh this poor lady just crapped all right you know and then that as soon as I, I start feeling sorry for the lady, I look up and you are beat red, trying not to laugh out loud. And like I thought, like you were gonna pass out. And then I realized that that wasn't the old lady. <laughs> that was my partner who just shit him pants. <laughs> and then you said something like, "I just had German food last night" or something like that, right? Yeah, it was German food and beer. <laughs> The worst, the best, best or worst part about it was the lady apologizing right. for she, my for my stink. She's like, "I'm so sorry. I don't know how that happened. I'm so sorry." She starts apologizing because I don't. At that point, I she was having such a bad day that she was just got it through her head that ah, maybe I did shit my pants. <laughs> but to look over you, I mean, I've never seen you so red and trying to keep back from from laughing out loud. Oh, but that smell was so horrible. And I'm like telling the lady, I'm like, it's okay, ma'am. You know, it's okay. <laughs> You'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it. it happens all the time. And uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to get those um, those stories out. So uh, um, anything you want to add about this, uh, what's going on in the world today with this COVID? Oh, I think anything come to mind that you want to? Just for everybody, it's a little unnerving. Probably one of the first times we've been really conscious of the fact that what we're doing we could end up bringing home to our families and more than anything i think that's what people are worried about is i don't think we worry as much about ourselves as we do about what we might be doing to the people who have no control over what we might bring home or make people sick or you know it's just a high stress level where we haven't had to it's not it's not operation normal for us we're used to getting our butts kicked and working super hard but now you're more worried about what's going to happen to you afterwards yeah we can't we can't leave this at work it's got to come home we got to be conscious about bringing it home with us now so it uh it has crossed that barrier where you have bad day at work you can leave it at work but now we got to be conscious of bringing it back now huh absolutely all right well thanks fred i appreciate it. i'll let you get back to work i know you're a busy busy boss here oh yeah we're terribly busy here <laughs> thanks vince thanks